0: in the house So lend them your-
1: yes ladies and gentlemen the doctor is in the house this is dr ron host of dr ron unfiltered uncensored coming to you with episode number 458 and we'll we'll be talking about coffee today but i do want to welcome everybody with an attitude of gratitude and i want to thank you for listening to this podcast I want to thank all those that uh, like the um, wireless headphones last week. I, I, I'm a, I now know that a lot of you did not know that there was an electromagnetic field going through your brain when you use those. But now you know, so that's one thing to know, but there has to be action. Okay, I mean, it's great to have a lot of knowledge, but you have to act on that knowledge. I want to thank all of our new listeners that have been contacting me uh, especially in southwest Florida. So, uh, we're just going to continue on with our just health tips. I was going to talk to you today if you remember about thyroid and and if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, I was expecting a guest but that couldn't happen today so we'll delay that one. And I am expecting uh, another guest to give me a date. Uh, and I when, when we'll talk about epigenetics where, you know, you're not your outcome is not determined by your genes and how lifestyle can affect your genes and change maybe 92% of them according to this physician. So is coffee good or bad? Well, really good. and That's some bad. There's some benefits, there's some risks. But I'm going to start out with a story. It's about alcohol and coffee and how it may help you to live past 90. Emily Bennett of Hastings, Michigan has become known as the Mitten Beer Girl after visiting all of Michigan's 323 breweries. And they found that those who drink moderate amounts of beer or wine along with two cups of coffee increase their chances to live a long life. You're listening now. So skipping down, they come to a study out of the University of California, Irvine, that revealed the consumption of moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee is linked to living a longer life. No joke here. But did you hear the whole sentence? The key word there is moderate. The study was called 90+. It started in 2003 and it examined the oldest of the old age group, about 1700 nonagenarians to determine what is the key to living to your 90th birthday and beyond. And they found among other things that people who drank moderate, there's the keyword again, moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee live longer than those who abstain. And that quote, people who were overweight in their 70s live longer than normal or underweight people did, unquote. Dr. Kawas had no explanation for it. And she was a key researcher in that study. All right. She said, quote, I have no explanation for it, but I do firmly believe that modest drinking improves longevity. The research found that subjects who drank two glasses of beer or wine every day decreased their chances of a premature death by 18%. And those who drank two cups of coffee a day decreased their chance of dying by 10%. Now, I know that all sounds great. I wanted to get your attention. But, you know, there's good news and bad news. Well, that's the good news. The bad news is you still have to exercise. Because they also found regular exercise, keeping busy, having a hobby were also key to living a longer life. But don't be afraid to have that cup of coffee. So a few years back, we had Dr. Ralph Moss on the program, and uh, he is a researcher and. Cancer. He originally was with the Sloan Kettering Institute, and he travels all over the world checking out uh, different cancer treatments. He wrote a blog a couple years back. He talked about coffee coffee as being a healthful habit that prevents some kind of cancer. And he specifically stated that an Italian style coffee may prevent cancer of the prostate gland. And we're not going to go into what general rule that uh, most writers focus on, like the inability to sleep properly, get nervous, and that the coffee can interfere with opioids and other medications, uh, some, you know, that it can affect stomach and so forth. This, this, this article was mainly about the benefits of coffee. So here, here's what he bullet pointed. High coffee intake reduced the risk of liver cancer by 50%. In fact, each additional cup reduced the risk by 15% and also decreased the risk of cirrhosis of the liver. For some cancers, both caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee were equally effective. Coffee prevents cancer of the endometrium, that's the lining of the uterus. Regular decaffeinated coffee use is associated with lower rectal cancer. Localized but not advanced prostate cancer is also reduced by regular coffee consumption. And this came up in a few of the studies I uh, researched for this program today. The risk of melanoma was also reduced in 20% through regular coffee consumption. There's a cancer textbook out called DVITA, and in the 2019 edition, it didn't miss this. And it suggests that coffee exerts its beneficial effects by reducing the availability of blood glucose to the cancer cells. So that's why a lot of cancer clinics recommend a keto diet, a low-carbohydrate or ketogenic diet. One other point in this, this little, this paragraph was that if you're going to drink decaffeinated coffee, make sure you use only Swiss or carbon dioxide processed organic coffee, never chemically decaffeinated products. then again, you know, you have all these petrochemicals that negates all the effect of the natural compounds that are in coffee. Because there are a lot of natural compounds in that Java. These include... Cafesterol, that prevents cancer in various lab studies. And importantly, caffeine and its opposite number in T, theobromine, enhance the effects of chemotherapy against some cancer cells. Now, what's the cappuccino connection and prostate cancer? A Japanese scientist wrote in 2018, coffee inhibits the progression of prostate cancer. However, the direct mechanism through which coffee acts on the prostatic cancer cells remains unclear. So you know, Italy uh, is not among the top 10 coffee consuming countries, although as you travel through history, Italy, everybody's having their espresso or cappuccino. The average Italian consumes half as much as the world leader, which is Finland. Okay, so Italians don't drink as much, but it's part of their lifestyle. Italian coffee, you know, you know, it has this, this espresso cappuccino, macchiato, cafe latte. They, they have all kinds in Italy, right? So in 2017, they studied men who drank Italian style coffee. You know, coffee made with hot water under high pressure or with boiling water as in a mocha. For those who drank one or two cups per day, there was only a slight decrease in prostate cancer overall. But when they studied men who consume three or more cups per day, they found that coffee prevents cancer of the prostate. And it's a big number 64% reduction. And then they looked at the other risk factors like smoking, age, body mass index means if they're obese. And when they, there was still a 53% decrease in prostate cancer in a statistical sense, it's very significant. So it does seem that coffee prevents cancer of the prostate gland in, in a great many people. So what's different about Italian style coffee than American coffee or other countries? Well, espresso is a a lot stronger five to eight times as concentrated as American drip coffee. And the Italian style coffee is made unfiltered. As a result, it contains more beneficial natural compounds that are removed from the filtered brews. The part of the ground coffee that does not overcome the filtration process includes significant amounts of different dietary compounds. So, prostate cancer in coffee. Unfiltered coffee and heart attacks, a good association. There's a small study out of Holland, but it showed a decrease in, in heart attacks. coffee did not raise the average level of heart attack rates. And Italy is not a place where you have a heart attack epidemic. The WHO shows the exact opposite among the nations of the earth. Italy's heart death rate is near the bottom of the chart, 163. Exactly. So why is that? There's another country called Belarus. They drink about one-tenth as much coffee as the Italians. They have a heart attack death rate five times higher than than Italy. So that's from uh, Dr. Ralph Moss. And just keep in mind, it's not so bad to have your coffee. I guess this might be a good time to in, interject uh, something about how you drink, what, what kind of cup you use because this is really this would really interest me you know about how you take your coffee it didn't start out uh started out you know doing and it didn't start out but during the spanish flu era everybody was ob- obsessed with 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 cleanliness as they were during this chinese epidemic so they had paid paper costs but they were, were and they were really just made out of paper but the kind you get today are coated with plastic. Now that plastic coating helps keep the hot coffee from soaking through the paper and leaking out, right? But it also can contaminate your drink. A study out of India revealed 10.2 billion tiny particles of microplastics were found in disposable cups of hot water after just 15 minutes of exposure. Microplastics, the stuff that is, they're finding in the lungs of people who, who wore the surgical mask 24 hours a day. Microplastics that most fish have in their flesh from swimming in water that's contaminated with microplastics from all the waste of the, of the uh, plastics, including the masks. I think that's pretty startling, and that's what the authors thought, found too. They found it startling to say. And they weren't just talking about plasticizer compounds, you know, the kind we've talked about on this program, the endocrine disruptors that make men less men because of the estrogen effect, but also toxic heavy metals, cadmium and lead to be specific. And they also found that the milk in the coffee allows even more of the plastic to get into it. And some of those plastic Toxics are fat-soluble. So what does that mean? Milk has fat in it. Then the fat draws out these toxins out of these plastic cups, these plastic coated cups. And the hotter the coffee, the the greater amount of the plastic that leaches into it. So I guess one, one takeaway from that is don't microwave your disposable coffee cup. So just because the, these cups are out there doesn't mean they're safe. But enjoy it from something other than a plastic container. Use a ceramic coffee mug. That's your best option. Or those mm-hmm. double wall glass coffee cups. So again, nobody's saying that uh, coffee is bad, but just be careful how you drink it. So what else do we have? We have so much on coffee. I couldn't believe it myself, ladies and gentlemen. So what, what are some of the benefits? What is some of the good news? There's a great, great news that came out of Korea. Drinking between one and five cups of coffee every day is good for your arteries. And they determined this by doing calcium ratios. Calcium deposits in the arteries cause a blockage. They were at their lowest level in those who drank between three and five cups of coffee a day. One to three cups a day was the next best ratio. Individuals who drank less than one cup a day had the highest ratios of calcium. And there's other reports about this. And there's reports about drinking three to five cups a day of coffee reduce your risk of type two diabetes. And as I said, it may prevent melanoma, which is everybody knows a dangerous form of skin cancer. There's only one study, and again, this this is an observational study, does not prove causation, but this study was released in February, it proved that coffee intake of four to six cups a day reduced the risk of getting multiple sclerosis. And they defined a cup as five to eight ounces. And they used, they used black coffee, not the kind you get at Starbucks, huh? with all the whatever, I don't go there. So I know they're huge cups with lots of ingredients, but they, these, this study was done using black coffee. So that's something good, right? Prevent some cancers, uh, especially melanoma decreasing your risk of type two diabetes, maybe Parkinson's disease because studies have found that caffeinated coffee drinkers tend to have a lower risk of developing Parkinson's disease. One study found the average coffee drinkers had a 27% lower risk of Parkinson's disease. No matter if, even if they have the gene for Parkinson's disease, Coffee might be good for your liver. Dr. Dr. Moss already said that. And some of the, some of the other benefits could be possibly, uh, reducing stroke. I hate to, to tell you that because this is, these are observational studies, but I mean, there, some of these are fairly large number of people. We know it's not bad for your heart and we know it may reduce, uh, Uh, risk of cancer and it may reduce your risk of death. How's that? It might be good for longevity. And this was from the annals of internal medicine that focused on the association between coffee intake and reduced risk of dying. So what did they show? The main findings were, compared with those who did not consume coffee, consumers of various amounts of unsweetened coffee had lower risk of all-cause mortality. Unsweetened coffee led to a 16 to 20% lower risk of dying during the seven-year follow-up period that they observed these people. Those who had used sweeteners did okay, but not as good as the black coffee drinkers. So the bottom line of, of all that is moderate consumption of unsweetened and sugar-sweetened coffee were associated with lowered risk of death. So this doesn't mean to go overboard. Remember, right from the beginning, I said moderation was the key word. And caffeine has a half-life of around six hours. So, you know, if you drink a cup of coffee at 12 by five o'clock, half of the caffeine is gone. And, you know, you still have uh, some left uh, until about eight o'clock at night. But again, use coffee as part of a healthy diet, okay? Just, you know, you still have to exercise. Like I said, it's good news and bad news. You still have to exercise. And, uh, you know, it may protect our health. It's not a, an interesting observation. The health benefit of coffee is, the, is potential to preserve our cognitive function. You know, we already know it may prevent Parkinson's disease and neurodegenerative disease. One study examined the impact of caffeine consumption on the risk of developing Alzheimer's. The results found that caffeine intake was associated with significantly lower risk for Alzheimer's disease. then we have to do more research. But again, in moderation, it can also boost your energy and focus. Give a short term boost to cognitive function. I don't know when I was in college in graduate school, we always use coffee as a boost. It may actually we need more more work on this, but it may actually boost your metabolism to the fact that you start burning fat. And it may potentially be a weight loss aid. I mean, they've had the studies, they can prove that caffeine boosts your metabolic rate. But you can't drink it loaded with sugar, cream and other additives. Again, modern amount of coffee with a healthy diet and exercise, coffee can uh, give a welcome boost to your metabolism. and you don't you don't want to take coffee at night huh because you do it could contribute to insomnia i mean it's it's a good it's a, it's it's a great drug caffeine is a drug and it is not addictive in the same way other drugs are but it can uh, keep you up at night again i keep coming back moderation You know, if you want a number, if you're a numbers person, uh, about 500 milligrams a day of caffeine, that's about five cups, say 100 milligrams a cup. That's uh, that's a little bit more in moderation, but that's, that's what some of the experts are saying. Don't load it up with sugar. Drink good quality coffee. And don't forget, water can also give you a boost. You know, we're sort of all dehydrated. Now, just not lastly, but in July 23rd of 2020, the New England Journal of Medicine published a study, Coffee, Caffeine, and Health. And in the write-up today, I have a quote from that. They concluded, a large body of evidence suggests that the consumption of caffeinated coffee, the main source of caffeine intake in adults in the United States, does not increase the risk of cardiovascular disease and cancers, period. In fact, consumption of three to five standard cups of coffee daily has been consistently associated with a reduced risk of several chronic diseases. New England Journal of Medicine, if you want to look it up. Okay. Okay. July 23rd, 2020. Again, I'm not saying this is a cure-all. In moderation, along with a, ha- with a good lifestyle. Socialization. And I can't leave this, this coffee story without telling you that a good, uh, one other benefit from coffee that I know many of my elderly friends enjoy every day, it makes you go to the bathroom. Because your colonic activity increases quickly after a cup of coffee. Who doesn't know that? Usually within four minutes and it can last up to 30 minutes. So it's a colonic stimulant, you know, that, that gets a lot of us gone in the mornings. Seven out of 10 Americans drink this every day. So coffee is good for your heart, your diabetes, cancer, your liver, and your colon. What a way to end a podcast. But remember, it may help in weight loss. And the reason is not only increase metabolic effects, but it may increase the amount of fat, the beneficial form of fat. That generates heat and burns sugar and fast through the mitochondria. The mitochondria of the workhorse is the energy of all our cells. So there are health benefits to coffee, documented and published results in the literature. The only bad, the thing that we have to consider, and, and I know during these bad times economically, uh, coffee is a really heavily pesticide sprayed crop. So if you can afford it, and if, even if you have to do half and half of some organic coffee that's grown in the shade, uh, if you can afford it, and try and drink it black and try not to add any sugar, milk or cream. You can use the keto coffee, as, as we do at our home, We're putting in the uh, uh, coconut oil, which is a medium-chain triglyceride oil. Uh, that's not too bad. Because the uh, coconut oil also improves mitochondrial f- uh, function. Well that's my little say on coffee. And thank you for listening. Uh, And your comments, I appreciate that. So this program will air again at 4pm today. Next week, I'm going to hopefully have a a, a really great guest from uh, that has been on the program many times before Dr. Russell Jaffe, because I really want him to expound on genetics and how uh, 92% of your genes uh, can be changed by lifestyle. And he's the one that, you know, he came up with these uh, blood tests that uh, that we all get, but how to interpret them and how to change them, how you can affect change in your blood work by lifestyle modifications. So this is Dr. Ron uh been your host or dr ron unfiltered uncensored for a little over six years now the show is on bean but it's also on pod page on spotify cast fm apple google iheart radio itunes so just uh, dr ron unfiltered uncensored and we'll keep the, the podcast in, in this range a little bit short and uh Next week, if I don't, we don't have Doctor Jaffe. I, I will talk about uh, your thyroid, and again, not only how to how to uh, test for it, but also some of the things that can attack your thyroid that uh, you may be eating. There are many foods that are called goitrogens. Okay, and they can really slow up up your thyroid. You may be doing everything right, but you might be eating a lot of kale, broccoli, cabbage, etc. And they might be. Uh, competing with your medications. And I guess I should say one other thing because I I did have some notes about this. You know, a lot of people are drinking the greens. You know, you get all your uh, uh, vegetables and you drink them from a green drink, but we got to be careful. And we'll talk about this when we talk about thyroid. Uh, some of the brands of greens are loaded with go- go- goitrogens. And they could have really bad consequences for your thyroid. You know, you'll be getting a lot of benefits from the other superfoods, uh, but these—the ones that are in these greens—could could be doing a havoc with your thyroid. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll let Freddie take us home.
0: Hey, everybody, hey everybody. Dr. Ryan's finished for today. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. Well, it's all about good health he's the man you got to see he has a lot more answers for you so tune in next week when the doctor is in the house or when the doctor is in the house let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house If you have a pain